Hello, welcome to the No Holds Barred Witchcraft Podcast. And today we're talking about morality and ethics. (laughs) Now, I'm a good judge of both because I am a, I'm like the pillar of the community, right? I have a lot of not loose morals. I've got proper morals, good ethics, you know, all of that Um, but you're not, you're, you're a bit of a troublemaker, aren't you? When it comes to ethics and morality, I mean, you, you, we've had conversations before about, you're like, ah, just let the universe burn and such. So, uh, do you want to explain yourself, Chris? (laughs) What a settle. See, I knew this one was going to be a bad idea as soon as I suggested it. Um, and you suggested it. Just remember you made (laughs) this bed. And now you've got a lie in it. I just find it funny that you think in some way, shape or form that you're a moral human being. Because I don't think that's the case. But anyway. I am a human being and I've surely got it half right at least. (laughs) So I'm always surprised by, I suppose, how many people when they meet us expect you to be the controversial one and it normally turns out to be me because although you can be quite blunt I have some questions I come out with some questionable (laughs) some questionable (laughs) rules so the one I kind of the reason I was kind of thinking about this was the discussion we had in um, a moot a couple of weeks ago is that about dictatorships and you said they're very efficient? Was it that one? <laughs> that that might have been something to do with it. But it was more the fact that the, she questioned our morality, didn't she? Um, Who's she, to, the cat's mother? I don't, well, we don't name people on here. We never have done. Oh, it was a, it's, it's a moot person, is it? It's it was a moot, moot person. person. Right, so we, we better not name them. So I was trying to think what... Um, what exactly did she ask now? <laughs> um, it it was slightly love and lighty, wasn't it? It was one of those, shouldn't we all kind of hold hands and come by our and shouldn't be, shouldn't it be part of the responsibility of us as witches that we should be working towards some greater good? And we started to talk about... <laughs> <laughs> That was probably my answer. <laughs> <laughs> and we and we we started to talk about politics and about whether or not um, whether or not we would ever get involved. And obviously, we both categorically said, "No, we wouldn't waste our time." <laughs> Orange man bad, Chris. Orange, Orange man, man bad. bad. Re- remember that podcast we did all about influencing politics using magic and why all of these would-be witches never seem to manage to do it properly because they don't go on and do it right. They use these ice cream cones of power. Anyway, yeah. you mean the that one... podcast never actually came out. So <laughs> sorry, I've alluded to it, but we did we did record it. But I can't even remember something kept going wrong, didn't it? Or didn't the audio come out that well? My so my end kept be- cutting out. It. That was it. Your end kept coming out. Yeah, kept cutting out. It was like orange man bad because of all the Donald Trump haters cursing him and stuff and all the Donald yeah. Trump lovers blessing him and stuff. But anyway, I've gone off on a tangent already. No, so let's take it back to morality. No, I think it's a useful one. I think that's kind of what she was trying to get at was that why wouldn't we get, you know, why wouldn't we get involved? 
and we were obviously pointing out that politics is a very complicated and very highly diluted situation where there is just too many factors to really make an effective job and the whole idea of you know power vacuums if you were to remove Donald Trump then you've just got whoever it is that's lined up behind him from the same party that could be just as bad if not worse look what you did with Gaddafi that didn't work out well does it (laughs) excuse me (laughs) I had nothing to do with Gaddafi on paper um we were but the main reason that we bring that up is because that got to the point of we were talking about censorship weren't we about about what we would be willing to teach and not we wouldn't be willing to teach and that's where we said about obviously um you know there is no limit really to what we're willing to discuss because it does not impact our morality in the sense that we feel obligated that there should be a certain level of freedom of information and actually if you're willing to figure out the right question to ask it's it would be rude of us and immoral of us to not give you an answer and then obviously her example of that was essentially nuclear codes wasn't it but um so would you help somebody create the equivalent of a nuclear bomb at which point we both said well I might not actually make it for them, but there's no reason why we couldn't theoretically discuss it. I think, actually, it's like the age-old question of uh, one plus one is two. It's the thing where a bad deed plus another bad deed, does that equal a good deed? Because you've got loose morals and I've got loose morals, but Thoth as a company has quite high morals. I mean, yeah, sure, we'll help you kill people off and curse your ex-husband and stuff like that, but we don't censor information and we don't screw people over for multiple lifetimes. So what is our ethics from a company perspective then? Because we've talked about that before, and then yeah. we only really have like one, one or two things. <laughs> yeah, there's only one or two limits, isn't it? Is the fact that actually we will discuss if you can ask the, essentially the right question. I think that's what it comes down to, isn't it? If you can ask the right question, there's no reason why we wouldn't give you an answer. What we may do is get to a point where we can see your eyes are rolling in your head as you can't quite follow us anymore and then we might stop and then that's when we get called gatekeepers and all sorts of rubbish like that where actually it's kind of well you don't understand past that point so me telling you something you're not learning anything from that and I suppose that's the major aspect for us isn't it that we're always teaching the whole point is that we're willing to teach you anything you're you're willing to put the effort in to learn um but it's where it gets Mm. where it gets hairy is when people start talking about kind of ethically questionable or loose moral situations such as creating some kind of equivalent of a uh should we say a a pan a pan global um entity (laughs) 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 where the where the questionable ethics would come in as to whether or not, you know, and for us, our agreement is always that we won't affect a person for multiple lifetimes, don't we? Which means I can, I'm happy to kill you, like I've got, because that's only affecting you in one lifetime. 
Um, but what we're not yeah. about to do is curse your bloodline for the next 30 generations. Um, you know, I suppose there are points uh, where we might personally uh, sign up to something like that, but I don't think you could afford the costs. Um, yeah. So I suppose from uh, from the perspective of we won't cause harm to someone over multiple lifetimes. So we're not going to stunt your growth. We'll take a lifetime and maybe make you suffer considerably for it. But we won't do anything above that. Um, and the censorship of information essentially is the fact that we won't refuse to give people information that yeah. they can cope with. So that's the real problem. So at the point that you stop understanding what we're saying, that's the point we probably stop talking. Yeah. Does that mean that we won't explain it further? No, it means that you need to go away and really process the information and then come back so that we can continue. Yeah. That's, that's that's the thing, I think. Yeah, and the proof in the pudding that you actually managed to get to the point where you're ready to actually, for, to receive the next bit of information would be, you've gone away, you've under, you've percolated, you've, you've absorbed it all in, you've then come back with a new question that might be slightly more specific and it's actually going, oh, okay, well, you now understand the principles we were talking about last time. So now, let, now let's go for the next bit. Um, I think where where she had trouble with it was that we were like, uh, I think she gave some examples of would you teach this, would you teach that, um, and then I think it, the word Holocaust came up as well at one point, didn't it? <laughs> potentially, but that's because I can't I can't um, resist the urge, can I? Sometimes to say, well, actually, there's no reason why, you know, if if we were around at that time. And uh, a certain dictator came and asked us some questions. We'd have no moral issue or ethical issue with giving answers. Um, and what she struggled okay. with was she equated that to us handing that person a loaded gun. At which point yeah. I said, well, that's not the same. So what I'm talking of, what we're talking about is we will theoretically discuss anything. We're not necessarily willing to produce the work for you. You've still got to do that. So just because I've told you how a gun works doesn't mean that you know how to build and fire one accurately. Um, which took her a little while to actually get her head round because she was still trying to get past her own ethics in the moment, I think, was more the problem. Um where she felt we were at polar opposites when actually I think by the end of it I think she realised we were closer to what she was thinking and what um, you know she still thought we were you know morally grey at the very least but at the same time I think time, she just was a little bit more comfortable with the fact that we're not entirely evil yeah. and probably settled on the fact that we just don't care yeah <laughs> Yeah. So we don't go out of our way to do evil things. We're just not really caring so much. But I think the real question people would probably have is why? Because that's what people don't really get yeah. is the why. Why do you take that perspective? And I mean, I take that, you know, 
I look at it the same way. Yeah, which is this is something that people struggle with. Yeah, because this at the end of the day, this is just one small rock in this galaxy within one universe. Um, and is for this your entire lifetime is but a blink of the eye of the, the length of the universe. So really, when it comes down to it, even if you destroyed the human race, what difference would it really make? It would just form a vacuum for something else to take over, Planet of the Apes or something, you know? Like, or at the end of the day, what have you actually achieved? You know, the planet's still here. It's still spinning in the cosmos. The cosmos is still turning. Like, at the end of the day, how how much does one civilization really matter in the grand scheme of things um, on one little rock in the middle of nowhere? Well, I mean, when it comes to universes, if we if we're not, if we weren't currently in this universe, we probably wouldn't really notice if it ended. I yeah. mean, this universe has ended to a certain extent, has only just begun, has ended, is halfway through. I mean, it depends on your perspective. Time's <laughs> a funny thing. Yeah. Let's not go into fourth dimensional perspective, please. Um but that's the perspective that we come from, though. That's the yes. problem, isn't it? So you yeah. say don't go into that, but that's exactly what our what what we feel it is. It's literally that's the problem. It's not big enough fish. With us, we like to help other people on their way and help with education. Now it wouldn't be very good and moral, we would say, to stop someone's education. Yeah. So we're willing to teach, and not everyone that you teach is going to do what's best for humanity in general. I think the point is we just don't really care. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's what it comes down to. And I think for a large part, she couldn't understand that, could she? Which was, why why do we not care? And then I think eventually, uh, I think she agreed to disagree on the fact that, okay, well, you don't care, but I can see that you're not evil people. Um, I think... Uh, Evil is, yeah, we uh, don't get a kick. We don't get a kick out of it. We're just indifferent towards it. Yeah, information is information. At the end of the day, if some, <laughs> I would just be happy to see someone putting effort in. <laughs> I think is yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah. I don't really mind what your practice is or how you practice. What I would want to see is that you are willing to put the work in to get results. So regardless of whether that is, you know, the end of world hunger or the starting of some kind of major famine, it really doesn't bother me. What would be interesting is how about how you were going to go about it, um, what you were going to power it with and um, not even necessarily why you were doing it. It doesn't particularly bother me. Basically, we're like mad scientists yeah. which get given money to make some crazy weapon and the frill is the making and the engineering part. And then yeah. when you hand it over at the end, you're kind of thinking, oh, that's probably not such a good idea. Yeah. I would say personally, I normally describe it as we're loyal to the practice of magic in whatever form yes. that comes in. Yeah. That's our main priority, really. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, it's not like if someone comes to us and says, help me make a doom oil or help me do this terrible thing we're we are gonna sit down and say 
this is the cause and effect. Have you thought about this, this, and this? Yeah. How do you feel this is going to play out? Is that how you want it to play out? If you don't, then we need to change it. We're not the stereotypical, I suppose, what you see a lot in some of these hoodoo um, people where they'll sell you a, a crossing oil and they won't really care. It's not like we're just going to do it. No. We like the the whole concept of the designing and making of this work or spell or whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. The outcome's just as important as the engineering side of it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the, it, from a moral point of view, it's a case of, well, actually, we've explained all the options, what that what that has the potential to do. If they are then comfortable with the outcome, that the, you know the ends justify the means or or whichever way round is in that situation um then that's that's for them that's their own karmic debt to pay it's their own situation to be in it's that you know it's their problem to deal with oh did you say the word karma <laughs> i did i wondered if you were going to pick up on it. that explain it explain it explain what this karma thing is Oh, why do because I our listeners already know what the karma thing is. The karma thing is, if I curse my neighbour, I'm going to end up being a slug in my <laughs> next life. Isn't that what karma is? Because that's what the New Agers tell me it is. Yeah, These so... karmic debts, which which you have to do loads of numerology to find out why you were a bad person in, in your previous life and stuff. Yeah, or you've got the, uh, the Wiccan version, this uh, rule of three rubbish. Um, oh, if you do a bad thing, you'll get it back times three, or sometimes yeah. it's times ten, depending on who you speak to. Who you Explain speak to? to us how it really, how it really works, Chris. Give them all. Don't do this gatekeeping. Give them all some secret, super secret information that no one else wants to tell them. <laughs> I don't think I should. I think I should gatekeep. I think I, I think I should sit here on my hands. Um, I, I okay. think that you should. Pro I think you should promise to reveal the secrets on after the watershed, because <laughs> <laughs> that way, in some form or another, they've got to pay for it. Yeah, maybe that sounds. <laughs> whether, like... whether it's listening, whether it's listening to us go on and on for another twenty minutes, or whether it's actually exchanging of money, because I I think you should promise right here and now you're going to really explain karma. Uh, in this podcast <laughs> it, near the end go on say yeah it. Let's, say, let's... i promise <laughs> i promise i will discuss karma <laughs> okay right so if <laughs> we draw threshold. a line under that <laughs> if we draw a line under that one obviously you're a human and you have ethics what about that feeling in your stomach which makes you feel oh i don't know how i feel about this or oh, i don't personally like this do you ever have to wrestle with if a client says help me do this or can you do this for me or what have you and you feel well actually i don't think this person deserves what you're wanting to do but i have to tell you because i subscribe to the philosophy of we don't censor so do these yeah does this is this ever a conflict for you do you ever get that feeling in your stomach or is it just indigestion <laughs> it's probably more likely to be indigestion but that's because my diet's not very good at the moment um you've had too, too much bread too much of that lockdown too much bread in my life bread and cheese um but no i think what tends to happen is more the case of i will try my best to give a a balanced answer 
so um, I will always push first and foremost I remind people that uh, magic works in the easiest route that it will take the easiest route so when somebody's trying to figure out how something is going to play out cause and effect what is the easiest route for that that to reach its maturity and completeness and in those moments it's just reminding them okay well you want money um do remember that obviously you don't want money by walking out being hit by a bus and having to get you know you're in a wheelchair for the rest of your life but yes i've got millions of pounds like at that point it is does the two balance out for them are they okay with their answer and are they okay with that and it's the same when it comes to that it's um like healing somebody or um punishing somebody i you know again i will push them towards the well surely that person's going to give you less trouble if they move away they're going to be out of your hair they're going to be gone um yes you could kill them but do you want to have the uh, the ethical dilemma of whether or not you should or shouldn't kill somebody um and then obviously the 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 knock-on effect of that stain on you uh going forward of you've just murdered somebody maybe not with your own hands but you've essentially yeah so when people they remi- call it when... remorse remorse and guilt is this thing i can't say i've ever no. experienced no, it's not something I know much of. Um, but mainly but that's, that's an again. easy one. I mean, kill, killing people and stuff like that, that's not really that bad, is it? Magically, nah. of course. We are talking magically. I mean, it's when you get people that are like, well, oh, I really, really, really want to make someone suffer. I want to stick them in a hell dimension, which normally, if they're still alive, it will mean that it manifests in the form of a coma so that they yeah. feel like they're burning. For the rest of their lives that's really nasty that's really nasty i mean that's the sort of thing that you might think well actually does this person deserve that and it's not like we normally would turn around and say well you can pay us x amount of money to do that normally it's a case of well we'll explain the concepts of how you're going to go about building that hell dimension yeah. and putting the aspect of their soul within it you know that kind of thing and then fixing it to their current life so that they rot away in there or burn away in there you know oh we're getting a bit complicated normally this stuff's for the patreon <laughs> yeah but like but, but there is that kind of it's it's that aspect to the point of you know we will make sure that they have the fullest amount of information about it so it's a case of well yes you can do that but are you sure that's what you want to do like are you are you you know sometimes for me it's it's suggesting a couple of alternatives um of kind of you know like i said moving them on in other directions so they're no longer within your life uh they're no longer going to interact or interfere with anything within your existence so you just kind of like in that point you're kind of like, well they're gone like do you really have that much bile for this person that they need to suffer um or is that some is there a someone uh, some way else that you can experience your kicks like you know um you know spend the money and the energy on a dominatrix instead you know like is that is that gonna <laughs> get rid of the kink feeling of the punishment you know or be a dominatrix for a bit maybe beating people for a little while get it out of your system instead of feeling that you need to torture somebody um if they get to the end and they actually are willing to do it then that's that's their problem 
A secret to a happy marriage, that, isn't it? What? Torturing somebody else? BDSM. BDSM. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, moving swiftly on. So we've had conversations where I think it's normally we don't like to make it too easy for people. That's the thing, because teaching is all about getting that person to learn, isn't it? Whereas a lot of magical practitioners in the professional world is, oh, don't do that. I'll do that for you. Just give me the money or give me this or, you know, sell me your soul sort of thing. Um, whereas for us, I think we've had quite a lot of indes- interesting discussions when it comes to the pre-bottled, pre-energized products, whether it's talismans, oils, that sort of thing, magical objects, where it's like, okay, this is quite a big deal, this. Most people, even if they apply themselves, aren't going to be able to get to the level of being able to do this. Should we put that so that in a device, a magical device, a magical object, so that any old person can use that. So that's about earn power, I suppose. Yeah. Earned mantles. This is where some, some of them go on about gatekeeping again, don't they? That actually, you know, well, I should be able to just go and buy that because I should be able to. I don't need to put the work in. I think that's part of the... And then you get uh, lots of these forums where older witches that have been around a little bit longer don't like that the internet's a thing and therefore some of these young witches are getting information a lot quicker than they did um so part of it's that i think where some people feel that it's got to be earned um my worries i think with those sorts of products tends to be should we be putting it out there as a product is normally my issue with it isn't it it's a yeah should we be giving something somebody something like that that is pre-charged and ready to go like surely they should be willing to put the effort and the energy in to get the result uh, which is how our all every, almost everything that we produce is geared that way isn't it that there's got to be some some aspect of the client uh, or person buying it um that they're going to have to do something to complete it all the bits are there but you've still got to put them together yeah you've got to understand how it works in order to select the piece that's missing and add it and we'll explain how it works and then you have to get the piece and add it but the problem is is that if you don't do that then it's not necessarily going to work Whereas a lot of these straight out of the things, because, you know, I do in the magical oils and stuff like that. I had a case at the moment, um, which meant that ethically speaking, it's a justice case. This person's guilty. I made a magical oil that would help with that. I gave them that magical oil, even though I didn't agree with them getting away with what they what they are going to get away with. Um, however, it's an off-the-shelf thing. So we've decided that, okay, this level of magic, we're willing to just give away to anyone that can just purchase it. Now, it has limits on it. In terms of the limits, the limiting factors, where do you see that and how do you see that being built into products? Because I think a lot of ours is a case of pulling the energy through. There is a certain amount that you get in general and a non-magical practitioner will be able to just use that because it's just there at the end of the day, ready. Yeah. Just rub off on whatever's there. 
whereas a proper practitioner should be able to use that as a, a battery that they can pull things through. And that is a, uh, some would say gatekeeping, wouldn't they? Because some would say, yeah. well, these person, people, you know, you've got to know a little bit in order to use that product yeah. efficiently. And that's, and that's the thing, like, you know, it is a case of there are layers to the product. So it means that on a basic level, yes, you will get some of the response that you want. But if you're willing to put more work in, you'll get a better result from that same product. And I kind of feel like that has to be that way. I think ethically speaking, my issue is often the fact that for an off the shelf product, I have issue with including my energy in it as opposed to, you know, like with the with the weave. Um, the the spun yarns like is that kind of like the process is designed so that you can use it to its maximum effect but i've not colored it i've not tainted it with my energy um which is probably the best way to put it is i don't want you to get my flavor i want you to get an authentic flavor that is yours most of the products and stuff that we've done so far and sold have been utilizing and bottling up more like talismanic type magic existing influences that can assist you with specific workings now we are starting to design things with a little bit more of a kick a little bit more of an oomph but we always have to talk to each other about okay how far are we going with this because a lot of it is basically kind of like weapons where do you draw the line is it okay for everyone to have uh, a sword if they can have a sword can they have a gun and if they can have a gun can they have some sort of automatic super duper rocket launching yeah. thing where do you draw the line there you yeah. know exactly it and is... we draw the line normally based on the person's <laughs> ability to fire a weapon and their yeah. training so you can have we a... are basically well we're out of time now so goodbye everyone and on the patreon obviously now we'll have to carry on yeah so finish your thought process well the the thought process was just going to say with most situations we're only willing to give them a catapult aren't we (laughs) as opposed to and by that i mean the little handheld version by bart simpson as opposed to the uh uh to the kind of trebuchet siege weapon i would dis I would disagree with that, right? So what I would say is we're only willing to give you what you can go and buy at Tesco's or Costco or whatever. We're willing to give you the same as what you can get in general in the place that you're in. Yeah, I guess. You see? But what does that equate to? Well, you think of it as a little catapult, but that's because that's what's on sale. If there was other if there was other things on sale, you know that if there was more powerful things actually on the market that were easily to get easy to get a hold of, we wouldn't have any problems with putting that out there. It's when yeah. you put out what most people don't have access to and don't need to put the work in to get. Because bear yeah. in mind, we're education based, aren't we? So everything generally is pushed towards helping other people with their education when it comes to magic so you know it's a little bit different than a lot of other people out there but yeah. i don't know yeah it's i guess yeah i suppose i was trying to go with your analogy of you know is it is this a is this a gun is this a rocket launcher um and i was trying to think well actually i don't think it's even quite a gun necessarily because but then like you say 
we're going from what's available on the market and in the UK you couldn't just go and buy a gun you'd be lucky if you'd get one of those BB guns that shoots little pellets well, it's interesting you say that because when I was a kid, we weren't. You were. You had to be sixteen, I think, to buy a BB gun, right? And they, they, if you fired it at someone, it would bloody hurt them, right? Yeah. And I, I, I could tell you all sorts of stories because I used to have a BB gun. Um, but there's the BB guns that you buy off the shelf. However, if you take that BB gun apart and pull the spring, and make it more powerful spring like pulling on it and that and then put it all back together again that bb gun is essentially a lot more powerful than the one you just buy off the shop it's modified a lot of our magical um oils and charge things work on that principle you get the off the shelf but there is a little mode hidden deep within if you can access that that will give you a little bit extra but you have to be able to know how it works in order to get that yeah that's the thing and again, we could use you could use the the threads as as a perfect example of that, or the oils as a yeah. perfect example of that. You can use them in their off the shelf mode, or you can use them as a gateway to pull through that energy from source, uh, which is I think what you were trying to get at. So yeah, us people with no ethics or morals, we do put a lot of thought into things like this, and I think that you know we do put the thought in whereas a lot of people i find when it comes to morality and ethics is off the shelf morality is well this is what the law says or this is what's generally acceptable that's for that's what the belief that's the belief i will hold because that's the consensus sort of thing whereas i don't think we're really like that hence why we end up upsetting people (laughs) oh of course but like i think a large part a large part of that is um, you know, there's that kind of consumerism part of you're just, you know, we're just making a better version of this that's available or um, or trying to make a more authentic version. And I use that word really loosely uh, or more authentic version of what it looks, what it should be. Um, because at the end of the day, these are basic. A lot of them are basic tools like you can go to pretty much any magical, you know, quote unquote or new age shop and buy essential oils but is one essential oil the same as another like you know is is when you know that well you're paying one pound for that it's going to be watered down like you or it's going to be synthetic you know or it's that kind of what you you pay you get what you pay for essentially um i think there is that part with that that people aren't always willing to put the money in it when it comes to and i think that that part of the ethics is when it comes to oh well on paper i'm doing a great thing uh, i'm kind of hinting towards kind of vegan products etc there but the yeah is that kind of oh well you know uh, soy is better than beeswax because you know bees bees haven't been subjugated in order to actually give you the the beeswax or you've destroyed their homes in order to do it uh you know the bees are working for free um um the kind of ethics level when actually you're going well i want what works not necessarily what is the most ethical route i think we try quite hard in order to do that um same reason that we're kind of a bit iffy about soy because we know how it's how it's produced and how it's um the damage that it has on the level that it is you know used we're actually from a 
local perspective, you've got more chance of getting hold of beeswax and staying ethical and eco than you are flying in soy from some third world country that's had to destroy their farming industry in order to produce um, the soy. And I've just gone off on yeah. a tangent again. Well, if you're the witch, you're the magical practitioner listeners. So it's really a case of you are responsible for your own actions and you need to pay the price from your own actions. Now, whether you decide to, for example, oh, I'm going to do a little bit of research when I comes to making me candles and I'm going to use beeswax instead of soy because soy leads to deforestation and that oh i have a problem with the bees i'm taking from the bees i'll remedy that problem by supplying them with a beehive which has their work yeah so uh, uh, that's all in your own head that's in the listener's head that's in the magical practitioner decides how they're going to balance that and not everyone's the same so you some people might go to the bee and actually ask it if they can communicate but a lot of people won't necessarily do that so they're going to try and justify in their mind what they feel is reasonable and ethical I think that's what it comes down to is everyone's ethics is different. And a lot of the time when we have the conversations with people, the they might change their mind simply because they have it hasn't occurred to them to think of things in a certain way. Yeah. And having these these basics, I never do this, I never do that, therefore I don't have to have the conversation or think about ethics because I subscribe to this well thought out code or law as opposed to actually every time rethinking it and trying to to break down i mean ethics for some is really boring when it comes to witchcraft they'd rather listen to us talk about how to formulate things yeah um, but i find ethics and morality one of the most interesting subjects to be honest with you i think it varies so much from client to client that you kind of by which again i think goes back to the why we don't care situation is if there was some kind of universal um earth code of ethics then maybe we would abide by it because it's universal whereas actually, when in rome it you know what i mean <laughs> that sort of approach yeah. as opposed to when actually there isn't um and it varies so much from person to person that you kind of like okay Oh, so you're okay with that kind of killing, but you're not okay with that kind of killing. And by that, I'm referring to, you know, they're happy to wear fur, um, but they can't hurt the bees. Because you do get those kind of people. Like, I won't use beeswax. Think of all the bees. But they've got no problem wearing authentic fox. Like, you know, like there is, um, there are so many kind of grey areas that there are different, so many different kinds of, ethical issues that people have issue with um and i'm always surprised where where some get to when it comes to the magical so i think we were talking about one the other day weren't we about um lottery tickets oh was that where for you was that you when you were talking yeah. about money magic and we were talking about right. money magic and we were kind of like there is a there is a part of me that feels like as I don't play the lottery, it would be unethical for me to win the lottery because the only ways in which I could do that would be to have st stolen, quote unquote, somebody else's ticket. 
So I would have had to have found it or it would have had to have found its way to me in order to win the lottery. And then you were kind yeah. of like, and like money's printed anyway. And whereas actually is, which is totally true, but there's a little part of me that had that kind of ethical quandary of, well, that's somebody else's money. Take, you're, yeah. You're taking the opportunity away from someone else, but then think of it as jobs. Would you yeah. be okay doing a job spell? Because you're taking that job opportunity away from someone else. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. the second that you are you start to apply that logic to somebody, um, you know, to be completely clean of any kind of guilt or ethical quandary, you would essentially not do magic anymore. Because at the at its essence, and it, it, magic is manipulation of energy. You're either borrowing or changing what is available which means at some point you're taking from somebody else at all points. Yeah. I mean, it is it is an interesting thing because, I, I, I mean, you can go deeper within ethics and stuff like that and talk about, you know, what is it that people care about when it comes to ethics and morality? Is it, why do people want to be ethical? Do people fear the repercussions of not being ethical? So it's a case of, is it really that you want everyone to live happily ever after? Or is it that you fear some kind of repercussion? Yeah. You know? And, and nine times out of ten, I think it's the latter. It is that kind of, mm. and very nicely done, got us back to karma, didn't you? Um, yeah. Of the fact, it was going to happen. <laughs> of the fact that actually in those moments, that's what the issue is, isn't it? Is that they feel some kind of higher power some kind of cosmic order is going to spank them if they do something wrong um and obviously unless you're liam and likes a good spanking then you know and at that kind of level of perv then um then obviously i give it i give as good as i take you're going to be scared of the cosmic spanking that you would do you would get for doing so um so I suppose I have to talk about karma now, don't I? And Definitely. talk about how the different versions of karma. So people... Unless get... you want to talk about spanking. You can expand on the spanking if you want. Okay. No, I'm not going what to. What would you prefer to talk about? <laughs> I think I'd rather talk about spanking, to be honest. But um, I did promise that we would we would get to karma, didn't I? Because you made me. Um so yeah this you made a promise there is several there are several most people get torn up between the two kinds of karma that are out there and obviously i'm generalizing but there is the the two kind of karmas that people are used to there is the in, the eastern principle of this um path to enlightenment where karma is the balancing job so somebody that has uh, done wrong in this lifetime will then reap what they've sown in the following lifetimes you then have the western version of it where we go and ruin everything anyway convolute it in some way shape or form and eastern pro, pro you know we steal the eastern idea and then we manipulate it into some uh frankenstein's monster of a karmic repercussions over here so from our point of view it's kind of reap what you sow often within the same lifetime most people um, in the Western world, think of karma as it will be dealt with 
immediately almost is that you know you go and do these bad things some you know they'll get their comeuppance and they normally talk well that's been proven wrong now because of hashtag jimmy savile yes but the um but at the end of the day that's what most of the western world think of it as they don't think of it in terms of multiple lifetimes in a reincarnation kind of way in the western the world christian influence <laughs> the, the christian kind of and also the um neoplatonist kind of view you would uh, have to get yeah. you would therefore have to get your repercussions before you died or in hell slash heaven afterwards because you've purgatory. only got one go <laughs> purgatory purgatory in there with them with them leviathans and such from from supernatural series we do love purgatory bless them um yeah and then obviously i suppose what liam wants me to now get to is what karma actually is um do you even use the term would you ever use that term no not really it's just what people are used to it's what people are used to hearing um so cause and effect is probably a better uh, a better assumption of it, but on a soul basis. Um, so you're going to reap what is uh, necessary from the energy that you've put out. Um, you could go down a hermeticism, a, a law of attraction, couldn't you, in some ways in order to discuss it. Um, and I'm hoping that Liam will jump in if he if I say something he doesn't or if he's just going to watch me squirm as I really don't want to talk about it um you know I'm sure you guys at home aren't used to uh this this situation because he likes to do it almost every episode um you're biting your fingernails you really are squirming you don't like this karma really, stuff at all do i don't you? like talking about it you know i don't like talking about but, it but why why because people put so much energy into this idea this idea that it that it matters <laughs> largely but surely that's, that's why we Surely that's why we should tackle the subject, though, in a, a slightly bigger detail. Okay. Go on. Well, start me off then. Where do you want me to go with this? So, I suppose basic points that people ask is normally you get, and you see that a lot of this in these Facebook statement, uh, Facebook uh, groups, that they actually have statements. They make statements. Oh, you've done that bad thing. Well, that bad thing is going to such and such that's going to happen to you that's kind of the western equivalent yeah. in it reap what you sow is the eye next for an thing eye. they often say yeah exactly so it's kind of like is that a thing because you're talking about cause and effect but cause and effect is very broad and a lot of people will also think that oh well if it's cause and effect then that means i can do whatever i want and it's not really gonna cause a bad effect for me mm-hmm. when in reality i think a lot of it really stems down to um your psychic ability and being able to see the consequences and how things all join up if yeah. you like we explain know and do the the work to see how your spells going to affect the world or whatever it is you're trying to affect before you cast it then you don't really have to worry about such things do you 
is the no. kind of oh i did something and it should always be premeditated put it that way <laughs> you should know the effect before yeah, you, you go through with it you should know the ways in which it's going to play out before so the the closest that we can come to kind of a discussion of karma in that sense will be the fact that at the end of the day there is the long-term repercussion of magical working so we're not talking about your you know your silly little lottery spell or whatever we're talking about the kind of greater works so when you're trying to if you're going to curse a bloodline um the work that is involved the energy that is involved for you to do that work uh, is going to leave stains so it's going to change you you it's going to change your morality and it's going to have an impact on your soul journey so it is it is, it is a case of what you are capable of in further lifetimes what energy you are attracting yourself again cause and effect you the one that pushed it if all those dominoes fallen at the other end you've not calculated where those dominoes are actually going to fall the greater idea don't be surprised when actually the, the last of those dominoes is sat behind your head and is about to bludgeon you into death um, because you've not actually calculated the trajectory of the working that in which you have actually been worked so i don't know if that analogy worked at all but the, the idea was having a, a greater understanding of how all these cogs turn when you are doing bigger works again one lifetime is why we will say you know cutting this one journey in your one lifetime journey out of the thousands you might have is really not going to matter uh, in the grand scheme of things when you're starting to affect somebody for multiple lifetimes uh, or repeating certain you know and there is a certain extent of when you from this i know we did magical traditions last week but from this kind suggestion of initiation where there are oaths involved initiation you are affecting someone for potentially multiple lifetimes yes they're the ones making the decision but you're the one doing the offering in that situation you are offering them the oath um on whatever bargain you have agreed to um yes you might just be the broker from whatever deity you're working with or spirit you're working with or order that you're working with but there is the aspect of you have signed a contract and all these kind of big big magical workings are exactly like that they are big contracts that you are paying uh, you know some are pay now often some of these are pay later and i think that's the part of you reap what you sow part there is that you are going to make the any change that you are going to make will also change you also i don't know if i answered the question properly there but I, that was the, where i was trying to go well maybe let's just do one of those like little proverb type things where we say a load of information and don't explain it in the realms of a story um, okay. they can make up their own answer so uh, i've got to make something up now aren't i if i'm walking down the road and there's a coca-cola can on the floor and i kick it that coca-cola can could you know jump a couple of meters 
It could end up hitting a car. It could end up breaking the car. It could go over a wall and hit someone who's having a barbecue in the garden in the head. And they might run out and say, why did you throw that at me? I didn't throw it. I, you know, kicked it. But that's besides the point. They don't like it when you say that. Because <laughs> they're really angry about the fact that the Coca-Cola can hit them in the head. They don't really care how it happened specifically. <laughs> they just know it came from you. Anyway, so it's really about what are you doing to control this situation? Because it's the mechanism. You kicked the Coca-Cola can. Was it right to kick it or was it not right to kick it? What we would say is who really gives a shit? What matters is the consequences of that. Do yeah. you hit the car, there's no one about and it breaks the car and you feel bad about that? No repercussions other than you feeling bad. Does it go over the wall and hit someone in the head and that, one come, that person comes out and beats you up because... Yeah. He's not very happy or she's not very happy. Do you kick the or can? Does that, or does nothing happen in the king? The can just kicks down the road a little bit further and then you go and do it again. Now, if you're thinking about how to control this situation, what you might be doing is might be, oh, I will aim to kick that can in a straight line so it just goes further down. It'd be a little game. Now, you might end up accidentally not getting the shot right. This is the problem. So when it comes to a lot of the spell work design that gets created into these spells that you'll buy, little spell kits or uh, ones that you find in books, sometimes the people that design them put them and design them in such a way that they try to work negate. out, okay, let's, let's negate the, some of these problems that can go wrong. They're never necessarily foolproof, but a good witch should be able to design them in such a way. Now, what we're actually talking about is something a little bit greater. We're talking about actually being able to see, you know, prophesize whatever oracle shit, you know. How is this actually going to pan out? And it's going to come back to ability again. The person that doesn't really know how to do spells, the mundane, is going to be reliant on the witch who designed the spell kit, spell kit they just bought, negating all of the things for them. Yep. The person who knows a little bit is going to use their knowledge in order to see what effect or decide, actually, I'm only going to nudge that can a little bit. You know, the person that's a really, really adept practitioner, what you're designing there is you're really trying to work out and get the ability to be able to actually interact with everything there within that scope. So you don't really have to interact necessarily with something that's going on the other side of the world to see how that can's going to come out and, you know. But you do need to be aware of your surroundings and all that sort of thing, what direction the wind's blowing, all that sort of thing. You need a good amount of knowledge for that and be able to see its ability at the end of the day. And you, as listeners and of witches, hopefully because you're on the Patreon, should be pushing your ability. So I think the take home from that, because I'm not going to explain it, just re-listen to it and think, He's just said a load of bollocks there, and it's some sounded somewhat profound. <laughs> <laughs> I, I make stuff like this up, and sometimes I listen back to it, and I think, yeah, you, there's something in there somewhere. I think this might be one of those. It might just not be, but who knows? But yeah, think about it. 
because everyone, including me and you and everyone else, you know, we've all got abilities to be able to see how our spells are going to work out. And we've got things that we would be reliant. So if we're doing a spell to something morally somewhere in between, maybe a hex or something like that, we could decide, okay, we're going to put a certain amount of oomph into that, knowing from our personal experience and how energy works, there's only going to be able to be powerful enough to have X effect. Are we okay with that? Yeah, that's fine. But then at the same time, you could be thinking in terms of going down and developing the ability to, okay, I really want to know exactly how this pans out. That involves greater ability and the mastering of something else. The first one involves understanding how energy weights and measures work when it comes to energy and the effects, cause and effect wise. The other one goes to actually mastering some other ability, which is foresight, essentially. In that. Yeah. How was that? That was a load of gobbledygook. Was that worse than your gobbledygook or better? Who knows? The listeners will decide. <laughs> we got like three, three minutes left, something like that. So yeah. is there anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> I, I don't know it is the it is the part of like you say it is weights and measures it is understanding how how something is going to play out how much energy is required and you know when you start out that that is quite obvious you know when and we're not talking about in the long term what's going to affect you for lack of a better word karmically is the big stuff if you get through life never actually doing the big stuff, um, then I suppose you have very little to worry about. It's just that obviously all these little steps, the, you know, the little kicks of the can will then give you the confidence to go, oh, well, I think I can kick that a little bit harder than this, this time. And then, you know, you keep getting further and further until, like I say, something goes either really well or really badly. And there is that kind of scientific way, um, the kind of, like you say, weights and measures part of gauging that. You're either going to be someone that as you start to get more confident and kick that can a little bit harder, um, you're going to get a better understanding of where. So what we're saying is when you start to really think, actually, I could give this some welly, you're really going to have to be thinking about where that is going to go. Um, what impact that is going to have and can you one see where that light is likely to happen and then the the adept is then the one that's able to negate that effect so that you're not only getting a pinpoint accurate uh, result you're negating whatever karmic for lack of a better word uh, cause and effect left over um, to get rid of that. Yeah. So again, in terms of preparing yourself for that, one person might decide to fly a drone up to see if there's anyone in the garden, anything that's going on. Another person might decide to wear full on body armor and have an AK-47 just in case there is someone that decides to come and beat that up. Your mentality and your ability you know, that factors in a lot in terms of how you decide. That's the great thing with spellcasting that we tend to find people's mentalities factor in, in terms of what they believe in their paradigm can happen, but also what they 
are more worried about happening as well. But we are pretty much out of time for this edition of the podcast. Hopefully you found it mildly interesting. I mean, it's ethics and morality at the end of the day. So it's one of those things where you're just kicking a can around a road and that over and over again. It's all personal. So other than little stories and stuff like that, which I don't think we really shared that much of, did we? No. Um, there we go. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.